Welcome to Right Hook Podcast. I'm Steve Hook, your host. Welcome aboard to our big podcast here. Big, big show today. Stick around. Right Hook Podcast coming up now. And here we are. Welcome to Right Hook Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hook on Not Black, Not White American Media Group. Good to be with you again. Hope you've had a wonderful week. Me? Well, I spent the week floating across the continental U.S. in a hot air balloon. No, 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 not really. (laughs) But I could have, without fear of being shot down until I crossed all 48 states in the contiguous United States and made my way out into the Atlantic. And then maybe, just maybe, I'd get shot down at that point. I joke, of course, but we do need to talk about our Chinese president, Joe Biden. Um, there is so much to, uh, I hate to sound cliche. There's so much to unpack here, but there really is. We know, and all of this kind of works together as a Gordian's knot. It's all interconnected. Uh, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be held to kind of untie the knot and get down to it. But we do know that a, uh, very high flying and obviously maneuverable balloon sent from China that had the width of three buses back to back to back. So it's a huge ass balloon. And it obviously had a uh, payload that was hanging underneath it. That was, uh, you could, I mean, you could see the, uh, the, uh, the uh, solar panels and whatnot on it. So it was big. And that's why we got the excuse that, well, we don't, we don't want to shoot it down. You know, it's so big and it's so high the debris field could be miles long and miles wide, and we just don't want to. Uh, we just didn't want to risk any Americans on the ground. Now that would be fine if it was flying over major U.S. cities, but it wasn't. There were times it was. It was, but on my on my radio program or my my program on TNT Radio Live, you should check that out. The Steve Hook Show. I I spoke with Lieutenant Colonel, retired Lieutenant Colonel Anthony Schaefer, who knows all about this stuff. He is a uh, he's an expert when it comes to national foreign policy and intel operations and whatnot. In fact, his call sign is Spooky, so that ought to tell you something. He is an ex-spook, is what I'm saying. Anyway, I talked to Tony about it. And I said, well, "What do you think?" He goes, "Well, let me tell you something, Steve, that the media is not reporting. The USA had their eyes on that balloon." Once it started, once it topped a certain altitude while still over mainland China. That's what NORAD's all about. He goes, so we had our eyes on that. He goes, we can, t- we can pinpoint a small private plane taking off anywhere in the world. You sure as hell can pinpoint a gigantic, slow-moving balloon. And no doubt they did. So I said, well, that's, uh, that's crazy. So you're saying that we had our eyes on this? He goes, yes, we've had our eyes on this for at least four days prior to it coming into our airspace. And then think of the route it took, folks. It went, imagine in your mind's eye, the west coast of the United States stretching all the way up into Canada and, of course, Alaska at the tip. Well, right there at Alaska, that's the Bering Sea, okay? That's where the Bering Sea and the Pacific uh, meet up at the Aleutian Islands, and that's kind of right where Alaska is, right where, you know, West Canada and up in there, you get the region, right? 
Okay, the only thing around there is like walruses uh, and polar bears. Now, if we had our eyes on this, why didn't we take it out then? Well, I don't know. Maybe our Chinese president has something to do with that. I just don't know. But I do know that they could have taken it down within days of it, of it leaving China airspace, and there would have been no chance for anyone to get hit or very, very slight chance. You'd have a better chance of getting struck by lightning twice in the same day. If they're going to hit it, as, and you could, you'd think that, God, you could put, put a couple of guys out of Edward Air Force Base in California, take that thing down in no time. And they could have, but they didn't. So our president allowed this thing to tra- uh, traverse the entire contiguous United States. It entered our airspace in, in Alaska, as I mentioned. It came down through the coast of the western coast of Alaska and into Canada and into like Washington. And then, of course, it was hovering around Montana. Now, what's important about Montana? Oh, I don't know. Our, our nuclear threat, some of our most sophisticated uh, weaponry is, is based in that state. Our missile silos, all kinds of stuff. I don't need to tell you. You know this. But then I heard as we were watching this, and we were all watching this, it was like a, it was it was almost like watching the OJ Bronco chase, except in this case it was a gigantic balloon, and it was our number one foreign adversary, uh, you know, leading the uh, leading the U.S. media into following it. Uh, we're live at the balloon, T minus four days since it crossed airspace, uh, and here we are. And one of the things that was said was, well, you know. It doesn't make sense because if the Chinese wanted to spy on our nuke sites and whatnot and our very you know highly sensitive military sites in the in the western United States, a la Ute, um, you know Montana and out in that region, Nevada and whatnot, they could just as easily use a satellite, a low a satellite in low orbit, and in fact they do. Okay. And then some people said, yes, but you do get higher resolution at 60,000 feet. And so maybe that would come in useful. Okay, well, let's just, let's just default to common sense here. If the balloon is three times the size of a transit bus and it's floating at 60,000 feet and it's white, which is reflective of light, you know the balloon is going to be seen. So do you think maybe, just maybe, that this whole balloon fiasco was more about statecraft than spycraft. In other words, it was putting, it put, and it did, whether we want to admit it or not, it put the entire world on alert that Joe Biden is our little bitch. We just flew a spy balloon all the way across the United States of America, and they didn't take it down until it was out over the Atlantic off the coast of South Carolina. That is a propaganda coup for China. It also makes Biden look like exactly what he is, weak, powerless, feckless. And now, of course, the added insult to that injury is that now I I listened to the media. They were saying, well, the F-22, which cost the U.S. military billions to develop, finally has its first combat kill, a balloon, a helium balloon. 
Yay. Now also, of course, the political blowback on this for the Biden administration has been swift, as you can imagine. And it must be said that it's, in some instances, is bipartisan. Everybody's like, what the hell were you thinking? So then, of course, it got leaked that, hey, guess what? Chinese spy balloon crashed off the coast of Hawaii four months ago, U.S. officials say. So in other words, this is a common occurrence. There's nothing to get excited about. Oh, yeah? How many balloons does the U.S. have flying over mainland China? I'd wager none. You think we've got spy balloons floating over Beijing? Or do you think we had spy balloons floating over Wuhan with the outbreak of COVID? China has slapped the world around for the last three years. And the one president that had him in check was voted, quote unquote, air quotes, out of office. It just seems a little too coincidental to me. Just seems a little bit too, oh, I don't know. Like Joe Biden is corrupt as sin to me. But here I am reading from Fox News. Fox News has learned that at least one Chinese spy balloon flew over portions of Texas and Florida during the Trump administration, despite the former president's insistence that it never happened. Well, it's more than just a former president, by the way. This news comes after the U.S. military shot down a Chinese balloon off the coast of South Carolina Saturday, seven days, seven days, after it was allowed to drift across the continental United States. The White House said Biden followed the advice of the Pentagon and top military leaders not to shoot the craft down over the U.S. in case it caused civilian casualties and other collateral damage, which we touched on earlier. There was ample time to shoot this down before it ever was above anyone's head. Like I said, polar bears and walruses and maybe uh, maybe the rare narwhal. That's about the only sentient beings that would have been underneath that thing when it drifted across the Bering Sea or the Bering Strait and the Aleutian Islands. I mean, there was ample opportunity. Hell, Montana, for God's sakes, you could have taken it down. Anyway, Biden administration officials claim that Chinese surveillance balloons also briefly transited the continental U.S. at least three times during the Trump administration. But Trump and national security and Trump's national, uh, top national security officials from his administration said that did not occur, and they all criticized Biden administration for spreading disinformation. Trump told Fox on Sunday morning, this never happened, and it never would have happened. <laughs> he said, adding that, uh, that Beijing greatly respected his authority, Trump's authority, that is. It never happened with us under the Trump administration, and if it did, we would have shot it down immediately, Trump said. So that is, uh, now you see, who are you going to trust? You're going to trust the Trump administration that has been lied about over and over and over again, or are you going to trust the media and the Biden administration that says, oh, no, it happened three times under, under Trump? I saw Ratcliffe, Trump's national security advisor, talk about it. He goes, no, this never, ever happened. That's just simply not true. So the political generals at the, uh, at the Pentagon are all up in arms, and they're the ones spreading this BS. 
If it happened during the Trump administration, I can tell you this, there were no witnesses on the ground because it was never reported, not even by the New York Times or NPR or the Washington Post. Yet these are the outlets that are now saying, hey, it happened three times under Trump. Well, go do an interview of somebody that saw it, okay? It never happened. They're trying to cover Joe's ass. Now, the question is, why would Joe Biden allow it? Is he really that weak? Is he really that feckless? First of all, yes and yes. But thirdly, and most importantly, he's corrupt up to his eyeballs, ladies and gentlemen, with Chinese money. Up to his eyeballs, he's corrupt. Not just him, his entire family. And not just his entire family, but a whole bunch of people inside the DNC, and I dare say probably a few inside the GOP as well. I mean, there are a reason that there were never Trumpers in the, in the Republican Party. We do know that many people inside both political parties have made all kinds of filthy money from corrupt oligarchs and corrupt business dealings across the globe. It's just a fact. Peter Schweitzer points this out and pointed it out over and over again in his last several books. Secret Dynasties is a good example. Now, I'm not trying to repeat quote-unquote conspiracy theories because most, most conspiracy theories that have been floated the last few years as it relates to Trump have borne out to be true. And no longer are they conspiracy theories, but they're conspiracies. Now, Peter Schweitzer, and I'm going back to 2020 with this. This is from the New York Post. Peter Schweitzer. Now let's do a deep dive into Joe Biden's corruption that we know about, that we know about, that is fact. Headline, Chinese elite have paid some $31 million to Hunter and the Biden family. For those wondering why Joe Biden is soft on China, consider this. Never before reported revelation. The Biden family has done five deals in China, totaling some $31 million arranged by individuals with direct ties to Chinese intelligence and some, uh, some reaching the very top of China's spy agency. What kind of balloon was that we just... Oh, it was a spy balloon. Okay. Let's continue with the, with the article here. Indeed, every, uh, every known deal that the Biden family enjoyed with Beijing was reached courtesy of individuals with ties to the CCP spy network. And Joe Biden personally benefited from his family's foreign deals. What are these deals? And who are these individuals who made them happen for the Bidens? Well, here are, now again, this is from 2020, folks. And I'm reading this to you again. You say, oh, God, why are you driving? Why are you going over this? You know, why are we dragging this one out again? Because this is what the media is not telling you. This is what the media has intentionally kept from you, just like they intentionally kept from you that the, uh, the Trump-Russia dossier was utter crap. They kept that from you, and they all knew it was crap, just like they kept from you the Hunter Biden laptop, which we'll get into here in just a sec even though they all knew that the Hunter Biden laptop was legit. So this is the stuff that you really need to know and you really need to remember. Because this is who your government, under Joe Biden, our Chinese president, is really guilty of. Deal number one, Bohai Harvest. Estimated payout for that deal, $20 million. In 2018... 
I, this is Peter Schweitzer, was the first to report on Hunter Biden's involvement with the Chinese investment fund called Bohai Harvest RST. Hunter even introduced his dad to a company executive in December 2013 when father and son flew together to Beijing aboard Air Force Two. In October 2019, Hunter Biden's lawyer, George Masseries, said Hunter would be resigning from the the BHR board without receiving any return in his investment or his shareholder distributions. What Team Biden failed to address was the fact that Hunter Biden still owned a stake in the investment fund, said to be 10%. When first reported on Hunter Biden, when Schweitzer first reported on Hunter Biden's Chinese ties in 2018, Team Biden denied that they ever existed. Then they absurdly claimed that his stake in BHR uh, investment fund was only about $420,000, just under half a mil. Stephen Kaplan, who conducts research on issues in private equity, venture capital, entrepreneurial finance, corporate governance, and corporate finance at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business, said a private equity fund with a $2 billion under management will typically generate fees over its life into the hundreds of millions of dollars. And the Biden family said, oh, he made about two hundred and forty grand." Quote, it's difficult to imagine, if not incomprehensible, that a 10% stake in those economics is worth only $420,000, Kaplan said. The distinction they appear to be making is that they capitalized the management company with a 4.2, with $4.2 million, even though the fund manages $2 billion, with a B. The value of that management company is likely far in excess of $4.2 million, as they're managing over $2 billion. Of course it is. Are you shocked that they lied to you about that? Is that crazy? I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Kaplan pointed out two publicly traded equity firms, for the reference, both of which have a market value of about 10% of the assets under their management, and using that as a rough guide, that would put the value of Hunter Biden's shares in BHR closer to $20 million. Two months ago, Hunter Biden's lawyer said, He had sold his equity stake. They have not disclosed how much he made. Imagine that. Probably about $20 million, I'd say. Courtesy of of Hunter Biden emails and on on his laptop, we do know two of the key individuals who made that deal happen at the time. And they had close ties with the very top of Chinese, of the Chinese intelligent operation. A Chinese tycoon. I know I'm reading here, folks, but this is just, this is so key to understanding why this balloon was allowed to meander across the United States, the continental United States, for seven days. This is key to understanding it. A Chinese tycoon named Shea Fang, a.k.a. the Super Chairman, played a role in getting the deal going by introducing Hunter and his partners to a large Chinese state-backed investment fund. Hunter saw it as a big payday as he wrote in one email to business partner Devin Archer, quote, I don't believe in lottery tickets anymore, but I do believe in the Super Chairman. I think the sky's the limit. Of course, it's important to point out here, this is me, not... Peter Schweitzer. It's important to point out Hunter Biden has zero, zero uh, education in any of this stuff. He's just selling his name as fast as he can. And that's why he's got business partners like Devin Archer. And by the way, Devin Archer has already testified 
that yeah, he was making he was making fat bank from many places. Anyway, who exactly is Shea Fang, you may ask yourself. Well, at one time, he was business partners with then-Vice Minister for State Security in China, which, of course, is China, China's KJB, uh, KGB. The man was reportedly the director of Ministries Number 8 Bureau, which targeted foreigners with its intelligence apparatus, including reporters, diplomats, and businessmen. It was also reported that he oversaw intelligence operations for North America. So let's, let's break that down, shall we? Shea Feng was the director for the ministry number eight. That bureau specifically targets foreigners with its intelligence ops, including reporters, diplomats, and businessmen, and, and crackhead sons of vice presidents, apparently, because he also oversaw the operations in North America. That's who Shea Feng is, okay? Another key finger, uh, figure in putting this investment deal together is Zhao Zheng a.k.a. Henry Zhao of uh, HFM, which is Harvest Fund Management. Zhao is a Communist Party official. He, uh, he was quoted as saying, the mission of our, of our party is to bring happiness to the people and to revive the nation for the people. But more troubling than his quote, Zhao is also, at that time, business partners with Jia Lingqing. I don't know if I'm pronouncing these names right. I don't much care. I don't speak Mandarin. I'm not planning on learning it anytime soon. Unless, unless I'm forced to. Anyway, but more troubling, Xiao was, uh, was also business partners with uh, Jia Langqing, the daughter of the former Minister of State Security, Jia Chengwang. In short, he was in charge of espionage, domestic, and overseas intelligence work for China. Jia was famous during his tenure for the developing uh, China's deep water fish. Uh, that was a strategy... Of using uh, of developing thousands of special agents on foreign soil, deep water fish. You get it? They come into the United United States on a visa program, and they stick around, and they're really spies. By the way, it's worth pointing out here at this point: over thirty-seven Chinese nationals were captured crossing our border last week. Just thought I'd point that out. But our Chinese president probably knew that. Here's business. That, that's deal number one, ladies and gentlemen. Net worth estimated about $20 million into the coffers of the Biden international family of grift. Deal number two, the Burnham Asset Manager deal. This was worth about $5 million to Team Biden. Hunter Biden and another company, Burnham Asset Management, according to documents, court documents filed by disgruntled investors, Harvest Global wired Burnham $5 million. The purpose of this payment is unclear, but it may have been intended as an investment in Hunter's business. According to emails obtained by Hunter's laptop, there we go again, Zhao may have sent other monies too. Quote, Henry remains committed to, to also making something work with myself and Hunter outside of this Burnham matter, as mentioned before, said his business partner, James Bulger. Bulger. He has a few interesting ideas, I think. Anyway, folks, I could read this verbatim, but I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I will read business deal number three. Hunter teamed up with China's dragon head. The payout for that was, well, just north of a quarter mil. Uh, then, um, and of course, we've heard about Rosemont Seneca, right? Hunter Biden co-founded the firm Rosemont uh, Realty, and in early, which is Rosemont Seneca. Yeah, that was in early 2011, and he was looking for a Chinese buyer. Rosemont Realty owns commercial buildings around the U.S. And by the way, it's also worth pointing out that China is snapping up our farmland as quick as they can. 
Deal number four was a CEFC, China Energy. This was good for $6 million for the Biden international family of grift. Yi Jimeng, a wealthy Chinese businessman and the head of the CEFC, China Energy, provided $6 million to the Biden family, according to a Senate investigation into Hunter's activities. Deal number five, CEFC's Patrick Ho. That's another payout from CEFC. Patrick Ho paid out $1 million. Hunter Biden received even more money with his relationship with CEFC from the, than just Yi Jemeng. In 2017, Yi's top lieutenant, Patrick Ho, was arrested, arrested on bribery charges by the FBI for offering money to African officials in exchange for energy deals. So they're arresting this guy for bribing Africans. Meanwhile, the vice president's son is making business deals as fast as he can with Chinese and their Chinese Communist Party ties, all of them. It's not like these are free businessmen, folks. It's not like they're like international tycoons like, oh, I don't know, Trump. They are intelligence ops working for the CCP. And maybe that explains why the balloon was allowed to meander. Biden was probably scared to death. Imagine all the dirt that Xi Jinping, president for life in China, has on Biden. Imagine all the dirt he has on Joe Biden. Imagine all the dirt he has on Hunter Biden and James Biden. Now multiply that by a factor of about 50. Because Peter Schweitzer has pointed out over the last several years that he had his dirty fingers in pies all over the country, all over the, oh, strike that, all over the globe. Burisma, of course, in Ukraine was huge. But also in African nations, he made money from, from Iran. They're selling influence as fast as they can. And I think it's, I think it's high time that the media start reporting the truth about this. Now, let me wrap this up by saying this. We know that the House is now in control by Republicans, and we know that, and it must be said, Kevin McCarthy, for all the doubters out there, has so far done a really good job. He really, And I may have been forced to do some of this stuff. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't much matter, so long as it's getting done. Now, you've got Jim Jordan, He's the chair of uh, Judiciary. And you've got James Comer, who's the chair of the Oversight Committee. And both of them have stated publicly that the Hunter laptop will be investigated and will be investigated thoroughly. But they've got a lot on their plate, man. They're also investigating the southern border. They're also investigating the uh, debacle of a withdrawal from Afghanistan where we left behind Billions and billions and billions and billions worth of U.S. military equipment immediately turning the Taliban into one of the top 13 armed armies in the world (laughs) just by stuff we left behind. So they've got their plates full. But here's the thing about this laptop. And and again, I know we've beaten it to death, but it's going to come into the news a lot more in the coming weeks and months. The media and the Democrats are going to say this. Look at what the Republicans are doing. Dragging a poor addict through the, through the dirt. These salacious photos of Hunter Biden doing cocaine with escorts. In other words, doing mounds of blow with hookers. 
That's what they're going to focus on. And they're going to say, every one of you knows somebody that suffered an addiction. Do you think that the Republicans should go after them the way they're going to go after Hunter Biden? It is shameful what the Republicans are doing. It is utterly shameful that they would drag this poor man who has turned his life around with brilliant artwork and everything else. It is shameful they would try and drag him through the... That's the way they're going to try and play it. The problem is, (laughs) it doesn't work anymore. It's obvious Joe Biden is corrupt as hell. It's obvious. The, 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 the salacious photos of hookers and crack pipes and smoking meth and doing rails of cocaine and, 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 you know, standing, you know, all these nude sex videos, that is just the cherry on top of this crap Sunday for the Biden family, international family of grift. It's everything else in that laptop that's so important. It's ties like these that I just mentioned that are in that laptop that are so important. It's the, it's the testimony of people like Tony Bobolinsky and Devin Archer that are going to be so important because the laptop isn't about a, a drug addict. The laptop is about a family who has made their money, millions and millions of it, through international grift and influence peddling. And that means the laptop is a damning indictment of the sitting president of the United States of America or China. I don't know. But I do know that our first combat kill with the, the, one, of the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest single fighter plane in the world, certainly in the top two, the F-22, our first combat kill is a helium balloon after that helium balloon was allowed to float across the country for a week. We're going to continue to obviously follow that story. I know we didn't do any news clips this week, but did you really need them? I mean, did you really need them? All you had to do if you lived in certain states was walk outside and look up and you could see the headlines. And now the whole world knows that Joe Biden is our Chinese president. There you go. Listen, this is Steve Hook for Right Hook Podcast. I look forward to seeing you again next week on Not Black, Not White American Media Group. Until then, goodbye. Welcome to Right Hook Podcast. I'm Steve Hook, your host. Welcome aboard to our big podcast here at Big, big show today. Stick around. Right Hook Podcast coming up now.